Can you imagine being homeless at the tender age of 15 and subjected to seven years of daily abuse and rape living on the cold streets of Scotland? Recovery from this gruelling life started with two years bedridden and battling with PTSD. How do you recover from these hellish experiences, let alone bounce back to create a loving family home and build an award-winning business which has helped thousands of other women across the UK? Find out as I talk to award-winning sustainability entrepreneur and health coach, Sean Young. Welcome to the Empower podcast for mums in business. We are women building a business we love while making a home for the ones we love more than anything. I'm your host, Nicola Hewlin. Join me as I talk to seemingly ordinary women just like me and you as they share their extraordinary stories and inspirational advice to bounce back even stronger from challenging times and thrive in business, motherhood and life. So I'm delighted to welcome to today's episode, Sean Young. Hi, Sean. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I am so excited to have you on today's episode for you to share your story. Now, for the audience, what they won't know is I heard Sean's story and was blown away when you and I did a TEDx talk together in Crete. Do you remember? I do indeed, yeah. And time has flown. And Sean shared her story there and I was blown away. So it really is an absolute honor to have Sean share her bounce back story, the challenges she's faced and how she's bounced back. Sean, share your incredible story with our audience. Mm. I just also want to say I really enjoyed time in Crete with you. We had some really nice chats, you know. We so, did. Yeah, we my did. story... So it's a long one. Here we go. Cliff notes. Basically, um, I'll start at the beginning. I was 15 years old and found myself homeless on the streets of Scotland, which was very cold. And I was homeless for seven years, which involved a lot of abuse, a lot of starvation, a, a lot of stress, like deep stress in my body. And eventually I managed to get off the streets. And because of that stress, I ended up bedridden for two years with malnourishment and mental health issues. So I remember lying one day in bed and actually seeing a flower turn around and face the sun because I was so still and my life had got me to there. And then I ended up having a baby because I was so desperate for love. And that was a pivotal change in my pivotal moment in my life where I just went, I have to clean up everything. I can't be like this. I can't bring a child into the life that I have lived and I've been living. So I started to just transform my life. At that point, I had leaky gut and I was really ill. So I couldn't eat wheat, dairy and all these things. So um, I had to go on an elimination diet and really build back from um, my child's health, really. And so I carried on that journey. I raised my child and uh, one year I decided to go and visit a friend in Australia that I'd met while I was homeless in, in Edinburgh. And I took my son backpacking around Asia and Australia when he was three. So I just put that pack on my back and I just went. And I kind of call it like a, a, I unwound my brain as I walked around Hong Kong, 
Singapore with this three-year-old in the buggy and then backpacked to Australia, met my friend, um, bought a wagon and toured around the south coast of Australia with my little baby and Alicia Keys on the stereo. And my mind just kept unwinding, unwinding, unwinding as I processed what I'd just been through and what I'd survived. And I remember going into deep caves and across treetop walks and just like stimulating my mind with the pleasures that earth has to give you. This world has amazing people and amazing places. So my son experienced that with me. And then I came back um, to the UK and I just felt right. Okay, what do I want to do? And I, I decided, you know, I wanted to build a better life for me and my son. So I went about doing that. So, yeah, I suppose fast forward, I have been trying to get a scholarship for a uni to learn water sports. And the reason I'd done that is because I went to a doctor's office and I was really ill and I just saw this pamphlet and it was beautiful sunshine. And I was like, God, I need that. So I applied for the uni, which was in the Caribbean, and um, they didn't let me in. So I tried. I wrote to 200 charities and trusts to try and get support to do wow. this course to upgrade my life. And um, they all wrote back and said, yeah, because it was a water sports training course. They said, yeah, enjoy yourself, but no. So then I, um, I sort of closed the pamphlet and I saw on the back uh, Her Royal Highness Princess Anne. And I thought she was the patron. So I thought, right, that's it. I'm right into the palace. So I wrote to Buckingham Palace and I said, can you give me a hand, please? It's, it's quite tricky out here. I can hear your beautiful baby. Yeah, my husband's working from home, so he's gone to get, get her. Yeah, so I wrote to Buckingham Palace and said, give, give us a hand. You know, this is hard. And um, to my surprise, I got a letter in the mail about three months later saying that the palace had written to the academy I wanted to study for because she was a patron and um, I was to go and meet them. So I went and met Princess Anne and HRH Princess Anne and the Academy and got a scholarship. Wow. So then they had moved by that time to Australia. So me and my son um, were going to Australia, but I had to raise money for childcare costs and um, living costs. So what I'd done is I started lap dancing. I was just like, right, let's do this. And it was the hardest thing. It was the worst job interview you would ever want to go for. And, but I knew that if I didn't do something because I had no qualifications, nothing, if I didn't do something, I was staying low. So I'd done it. Um, I bought lots of underwear and went and got an interview and was oh, like, girl. Oh, <laughs> it was horrible, but I'd done it. And I met a woman there who basically taught me how to pole dance, you know, on the job training as it were. Mm-hmm. And um, I raised enough money through lap dancing to and pole dancing to pay for what I needed to to get this scholarship going and go to Australia so I raised the money and then I went to Australia with my son and again we were back in Australia and he was five at this time and I studied and I passed everything and became a windsurfing instructor and rescue diver and overseas resort management thought amazing popped out to visit my mate Megan again and then come home and realized uh, the water was freezing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I may have made a miscalculation here, you know. So it was Aberdeen I lived. It was like the North Sea. Oh, like, my. <laughs> oh, and I was like, oh, God, okay, what next? So I was sat in a high rise in Aberdeen um, with my son. And I just thought, well, I can pole dance. And I'm an instructor. 
So why don't I build a pole studio or start pole lessons or something, right? So from a little high rise, at this point I was like very poverty line. I had no carpets, I had no wallpaper. I had holes in the wall. The council had given me this apartment that was just completely trashed. And I was thinking, build it and they will come. And I found out where I could get a little grant. And I used that grant to make the hall, the toilet and the living room look good. Um, even though my son and I were sleeping together on a mattress. I'm getting emotional. Yeah. And I, I sold pole dancing fitness classes in a high rise in a council estate. <laughs> I was like, how did you do that? Incredible. Yeah, so I got my first five customers and, you know, my hall was nice, the living room was nice, the toilet was nice. So all the areas that these people went to were nice. And I taught pole dancing. And then when you take a risk like that, when you walk forward into that, opportunities come. So then a studio opportunity came. I did not know how I was going to pay for that. So I started cleaning. I was a cleaner. Then someone needed a gardener. I was like, oh, I can do that. No problem. And then someone needed seamstress. So I was like, I had already taught myself to sew. Um, so I started sewing and I sold, I, I done like all this sort of stuff. Is there right? nothing you cannot do? <laughs> I think most people have the power to do what they need to do I mean, YouTube is fantastic. Just learn, right? Yeah, you'll be bad at the beginning. We all are when we start. I mean, when we start walking, we fall over. Mm. So just, and I can see that because my baby's just learning to crawl. But like, I just, I just believe that if you need to do it and you want to do it and you have to do it, do it. Just start learning. Just start falling forward. And then you'll, you'll suddenly you do it because... Falling forward. I love that. Yeah. Then I became a, an advanced pole dance instructor you know I I would literally they threw me a pole and I fell off it when I first started that job <laughs> you know I was like I jumped on one and it was spinning and it went flying around and I ended up a heap on the floor right so it can start messy sometimes and then I ran um the world's uh what was it I had the world's most famous pole dancer visit my studio we helped over 5,000 women with self-esteem and pole dancing we run uh, Scotland's first uh, pole dancing championships, you know, so from all of these little bits of trying to pull everything together, the studio started to grow. I mean, you take risks. I had just enough money to pay for window signs or the rent. And I was like, what do I pay for? Do I save it for the rent? So I bought the window signs and invited a magazine for a free class. Mm -hmm. And then that story brought customers and the window signs brought customers just in time to pay the rent, wow. you know? And then that was the studio. So for seven years, that studio run and, and still, ah, oh, it's nearly seven years since it closed. And on Facebook, you know, you have the reminders. I feel so humble, the amount of beautiful women that just, they're just like, oh my God, I miss the studios seven years later, you know, like they miss the community. They miss the, the love that was there for them to be who they are and grow. So I, I decided to be uh, an online coach and take my business online um, just because the studio was a lot of hard work. I mean, sometimes I was pole dancing like 26 hours a week. I was tired. I was exhausted and I decided I need to train in something that allows me to take care of me. And yeah. so I trained as a health coach and then felt a little bit cheeky because now like I have to be healthy. I have to be well. I have to be balanced and happy in my life to be a good coach. So I Absolutely. get now. Yeah, it's amazing. Like I get now to be in the best me I can be as part of my job. Um, so before I managed to raise health coaching business, I got hit with PTSD. So um, 
I tried a mainstream job for like two years and I just was, it was just ridiculous the way that people were treated. And my mind got triggered with PTSD because it was like, get out, get out, get out. So I actually had to recover from PTSD before I could then relaunch myself. <laughs> How many relaunches? <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, I had PTSD. I sat with that. It was, it was hard and I had to recover. And I remember one day it was like, you know, you're running on a bicycle so fast and the wheel comes off and it keeps on spinning. And it was like, I was in that spinning state for so long until the, it was like the wheel stopped spinning and fell over. And that was the first day I actually started resting and recovering from getting there after the streets surviving and getting everywhere like in that story so I had to take a breath and this is when I met my partner and he done that he gave me space he held space for me to fall apart basically which was so beautiful that's why I married him twice (laughs) (laughs) you know so then I've just been building my coaching business and obviously now I've had a baby and I'm I'm not like in my 20s so That was a decision, but I'm so in love with my partner that, you know, we decided to just go ahead with it. And she's an amazing young girl. So um, I had to now then recover from that, having an emergency cesarean and then a hip bursitis that put me in the bed for about two months. And um, she's only nine months old. And like today I fit into my old jeans and I was like, how did you do that, girl? Incredible. You know? And that's because I'm a health coach and I do eat well. We, and I have a supportive environment, you know? So now I'm raising um, just Sean Young, your sustainable success coach, because I'm passionate about sustainability. And I know we can't have sustainability without inequality and healthy people. That is not sustainable. So that's my, my part that I'm working on now. And I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, we're just about to launch this um, Center for Sustainable Action, which is a dream I dreamt of in 1991. I drew a building a sustainable center because I want to help humans be more sustainable and we're we're building it to help SMEs and their families small businesses and their families and um, my partner he drew a business plan for a sustainability center in 2012 and then we met in 2017 and within six months of meeting and even with PTSD we wrote a business plan for the center right now it's nearly happening I'm so excited is just about to be launched where he helps businesses, especially SMEs, with um, sustainable strategies so that they can operate with zero negative impact on the environment. And I help the human in that business to make sure their well-being and that of their families and is in place so that these beautiful people that we both know run small businesses and SMEs and entrepreneurs, like we know there's a lot of people out there changing the world in their little space and often they burn out and they don't get the right support. So this centre we're building is basically a God-given dream to me and my man. And we met years later and it's about to be birthed into this world. What an exciting time and what an incredible partnership the two of you Mm. have. It's amazing. And what you're bringing into the world together on on so many levels. And I'm I'm still, there was one sentence you said, I, I got goosebumps as you said it made me, I had this wave of emotion where you said that he held that space for you to fall apart. I mean, yeah. And for, for that healing to begin, what an incredible, incredible partnership um, mm. that you guys have. And, exciting. and, and it's okay to fall apart, you know, and that's how you rebound. Incredible. Uh, Sean, your story, I mean, I know the audience will be thinking, 
oh my there's so much to take in (laughs) (laughs) you you do the condensed you do this condensed version and just taking one piece of that story is oh my goodness oh my god you know my my mind is just um blown by your story and all the different chapters i think it takes time people listening to this you might have to go back rewind and like listen to sean's story maybe three four five times to just truly take in everything that you have been through and moved through and whether it's fallen forward from in places bounce back bounce forward and you are today in such an incredible position despite is that the right word all these challenges and chapters I don't know let me ask you I mean I I think I've been being prepared right you know and yeah that's a hard preparing but you know I've been put in the fire basically because now that the center dream is nearly here in reality I need to be the woman I am to make that work I needed to run um the soul pole the pole dancing studio and and seeing how to run a community that seven years later people are still inspired by and missing and love it i needed to walk the streets and walk australia and asia and just walk and process learning how to process trauma because when i meet these people that that will be helped by the center i want to be humble enough to listen and knowledgeable enough to help basically so it is the life i was given and I'm, I was fortified and strong enough to take it. So now I can bring all that, that condensed version. <laughs> and so not everybody needs to go through such a fire. You know, they can, they can get the support where they're at, basically. Incredible. And looking back, what would you say were the key things that helped you keep going and get through those tough times? One in particular that I, I kind of mentioned, I think I mentioned it in my book as well, It's just somebody gave me a chamomile tea and told me it was wrong, what was happening to me. I was being sick blood up to 10 times a day. I was literally bleeding internally. I was so damaged, you know, and they gave me a cup of chamomile tea. They phoned a doctor and they said, this is wrong. See, I'd been bleeding from the stomach for a long time and I'd been living in places like DOS houses and and nobody cared whether I was bleeding from the stomach all day. Like who cared? You know, everybody was struggling, you know, and that person giving me a chamomile tea and telling me this is wrong, let me get someone to help you. was like, it was like, that flame in my soul that had nearly died out, that had nearly said, this is enough, I can't go any further. It was like a, they blew some air on it and it reignited, wow. you know? That was amazing. See, a cup of chamomile tea, man. It is a cup of chamomile Such tea. Such a British I- thing. Have a cup of tea. Oh. <laughs> simple gestures mm-hmm. with great love and they can have such huge impact and i'm conscious for those who are listening to this interview i'm I, i'm just sitting here saying wow i think i've sat here and said wow like 10 12 times and i'm sorry i can't find any other more creative words but that's what keeps coming up i am i am blown away and that story of a, a we never know how we're going to touch other people's lives, do we? No, we don't. We don't. And that's why a lot of people are scared to do something because they don't know if that's even enough or if it would be insulting. And, um, you know, mentioning what's going on in the world today, you know, there's a lot of us who want to help and want to change it, but we don't know and we're scared of being like insulting. So we end up staying back. And so knowing that the smallest thing that is placed in your heart to do is the right thing for you to do. Sometimes you don't need to do nothing more than hold space for someone like my husband. My now husband does 
has done for me. Like hold space and he he told me as soon as he met me, the amount I've accomplished with where I've come from, he knew I was a special woman and he wasn't letting me go. How and I was incredible. like, oh. <laughs> two, yeah. two special people. And just to put that in context, what you've, you've just touched on about having the courage to help or, or take action, no matter what size, that, that no matter how big or small. At the time we're recording this, for those who are tuning in, you know, there's so much going on in the world. First we have Brexit and then we're in the COVID outbreak and quite rightly so, so much conversation now around anti-racism and that's the context that we're now having this conversation today about how, you know, what we can do and the actions we can can take and sometimes it's it can seem small but it can still make a big difference. Yeah, that's um, why my offering is to make uh, learn your biases training and help people know the path of how we got here. Sometimes knowing your bias means that even just checking yourself before you say something um, is enough to have stopped you know an insult or hurt happening with even when you don't intend to do it Mm. you know even just educating yourself and being fully aware of why and holding the space we're holding the space for black people we're holding the space saying it's time like when I had PTSD and I collapsed I couldn't hold the space for myself I needed that person to come in and hold the space and my partner is Caribbean so slavery is very close to his family it's his great great granddad was an overseer in a plantation that's how close it's not something that finished long long time ago and anybody said sorry for yet so how can the healing start and that's why I'm I'm trying to hold the space right now and bring up all the positive stuff that the black community are doing and hold the space for change because it needs to change that's enough yeah definitely and just on a very personal note I I guess that that holding the space is a bit of a theme in our conversation Mm -hmm. and I'm holding a space for myself to do my work to try Mm -hmm. and listen as much as I can and do more to educate myself and you you mentioned about you know intention sometimes we can we can do things that have a negative impact and we don't we don't intend that and we don't realize and there was a really great great video I came across Rachel Cargill has um, a 30-day challenge called do the work and um, as part of doing her her challenge I was watching some of her videos and then below you know how YouTube has these Mm -hmm. suggestions so I started to dip into those and there was this one video and I apologize to the amazing lady who did the video because I can't I watched so many that day I can't remember her name but she did this whole video on impact uh, intent versus impact and she was saying you know so it's it's all very well saying well my intent is positive and I didn't mean you know I didn't mean anything negative but if you step on somebody's toe and you break their toe you didn't mean to break their toe but the reality is the impact is they've got a broken toe and Mm -hmm. that was the impact we had whether we intended that or not and I think I don't know I I am just realized how much more there is to learn and holding that space for learning and listening well come on my workshop starts on monday awesome yeah and it's free it's just it's just because my i mean my son is mixed mixed ethnicity and he was racially abused last week my stepson gets followed around stores um i've seen the abuse well actually when i was seven months pregnant um 
I was abused and my partner was. Uh, he was told to get back to Africa and he's Caribbean. And also, you know, we had a, you know, barbecuing while black moment in our garden, people shouting awful stuff at us, you know. And I do believe that stress caused me to have an emergency C-section with my daughter. So it is happening right now right here and it's only if we stand up and say right okay like your analogy you you broke the toe well i think george floyd was the the back that got broken yeah. of the black community they that, that's enough you know and so we need to now no we can't just go around breaking toes and saying oh sorry didn't mean it or not even saying sorry i mean the analogy is like these people have been suffering for over 400 years and sorry it's it's like it needs to happen. But, you know, I understand why they would want to tear down statues of abusers and, you know, they need healing. They need healing and such a wonderful group of people, you know, they need equality. That's all that, that's what they keep just asking for is just, just treat me equally. Mm. That's all mm. I want, you know? And so it's our job to educate ourselves because our system has not educated us what's really happened. Yeah. And that mm. is it, isn't it? Our, our mm. fir- the first step, because it is about action and our first step is to take action in, in educating ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not enough to say, but I'm not racist. Um, yeah. You know, it's, no, we need to step up and be anti-racist, not be passive, not be silent. It's also like you don't know how you act with regards to racism. If you're like, for me, for instance, calling my children mixed race for so long. And then my partner was saying it's mixed ethnicity, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking for a while, why is that? And then I realized mixed race has been put in my mind. Mixed race means someone's not a human. Someone in that mix is not a human race if we're mixing races. That's why it's mixed ethnicity because we have different cultures yeah. and, and different skin colors. And, and it's taken me until a month ago to figure that out because it's, it's mm. deep. The way we've been educated and indoctrinated in the lies and the stories in our history classes that don't actually tell the full history. I mean, in the event I'm doing on the first well every event basically the first event I've gone from 1547 to 2020 in 10 minutes boom because you know I like to condense things yeah yeah. you do it so well (laughs) you do it so well taking such complex complex stories and journeys so you've just given an example of how brilliant you do that and count me in for for your awesome the, the link workshop. to sign up's on my Facebook and I, I will be offering it out as a as a workshop for other people to see who didn't make it because it just needs to be it's like like that journey that journey from how did we get here yeah you know and yeah. to be able to condense it to um 10 minutes like okay we started here we went boom we're so, here okay we'll, we'll pop that we'll make sure we include that link if it's mm-hmm. going to be ongoing obviously people are tuning into this recording yeah. uh, you know in an ongoing way we can pop that link in the show notes so that people can, can check. yeah we'll update it after the event the events uh, monday tuesday wednesday thursday then i'll have it put into a recording so awesome. yeah we'll keep communicating on that awesome doesn't time fly when we're doing like shan's world in a nutshell it's like it's flown by <laughs> incredible you know i would there's two more things i want to squeeze in so mm-hmm. um the first is you know um we are living in unprecedented times of challenge and, and let's face it you know life throws us curveballs um even at the best of times, there are always challenges. And so to anybody 
in the audience right now or who maybe chat you know face challenges in the future what would your one piece of advice be to anybody going through tough times or when they're facing tough times um, my piece of advice as the woman i am now is you know i would say turn to god and pray i don't mean church i don't mean organized religion i mean just sit down and pray because i came to um this conclusion about five or six years ago um i heard god in my head saying go to church and i followed all the leads and i've got to the point where today where i don't find churches apart from one that i feel at home or like or or anything like that but when i pray and i pray for peace this peace comes over me that just subsides everything and and where there is that peace no harm can sit with you it's just absolute peace and that's my strength now is um i hand it over to god i surrender you know I work on the premise that, you know, if it's too big for me right now and I'm not sure what way to go, silence your mind and just reach out and, and just pray. Wow. Incredible. Thank you, Sean. And will you leave our audience with a bounce back invitation? What would be either your challenge to our audience in terms of bouncing back or a question for them to reflect on what's your bounce back invitation to our listeners it's not a challenge or a question actually it's kind of like if you're in a position where you need to bounce back i suppose it is a question like do you need to bounce back immediately right now or is the reason that you're down on your knees because you need to take a breath Mm. because sometimes when you move faster than you're meant to move you do the wrong moves anyway and you end up back having to bounce back again so can you find the space and time to breathe and check where you're moving next and realize that all you've been living has been teaching you and preparing you to be who you're going to be when you reach where you want to be and it's a journey so just keep bouncing back and just keep learning just keep falling forward you know don't let any of it stop you because you're being prepared you're being prepared for what it is you know you're supposed to be giving and just allow yourself time to evolve and be who you're going to be beautiful i know in nigeria they say no wahala like don't worry just just move forward it's okay. As you were describing that, this image, the butterfly image came into my mind, you know, when the caterpillar turns mm-hmm. into the chrysalis and it has to stay there in that darkness, mm-hmm. gooey, feeling confined, constrained, and not necessarily knowing what's happening. And, and mm-hmm. that caterpillar's body completely liquefies inside yeah. a, a cocoon. It's like goes, everything goes to complete mush. Goes to soup, has, my friend calls that. Goes to soup. Like yeah, my that. friend um, Poppy, she always says, I'm, I'm going to soup this week, mm. you know, and it's where you go to that. You just go to utter soup. There's no sense, there's no meaning. Just be in the soup and allow the transformation yeah. to happen. And that's it, transformation, because without that, you can't, and then the break, what feels like a breakdown could be just mm. all that stuff falling away to allow that transformation the butterfly goes to soup there we are so yeah and the more you let go of the negative stuff and the harmful feelings that you felt or the trauma or whatever the more space you leave for joy and change and it happens with wealth as well like i i've come from homeless on the streets with nothing starving to now I'm like in a comfortable position feeling absolutely blessed and loved and that's not just been by accident i've always believed even when i was on the street looking up at the sky i felt joy and gratitude for breathing so when you get back to just joy and gratitude for where you are 
that gives you the presence of mind to take a breath where you are. When you realize you're okay to take a breath, then you can move forward. Awesome. Sean, incredible. Thank you so, so much for taking time out and away from your baby girl. Be, please do thank your amazing hubby for um, mm-hmm. holding the fort so you could come and talk with us today. He's holding space again. He is Ooh. holding space again. What a lucky lady I am. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I, I love the work you do as well. So it's really nice to get to spend a bit of time with you again. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of love to you and thanks again, mm-hmm. Sean. Okay, take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Empower podcast for mums in business. And thanks goes to our podcast series sponsors, Bounce Life, insurance to protect you, your business and your family. To get your free startup and business growth kickstart guide and to find out about our Empower community, go to empower.global.